Hey there, Angry Faithful. I just wanted to drop in, bend your ear a little bit, get your attention. So if you're not listening, drop what you're doing and pay attention to me. Because I'm here to inform you that not only can you get your daily, maybe if you're binging it, I'm not sure, that's entirely up to you, but you can multiply your doses of angry me fuckery by paying attention to all of the platforms upon which you can find either the dulcet tones of my voice and David's voice or my pretty face and David's not-so-pretty face. Anyways, digressing. We, not only on we are on YouTube, we are on Spotify, we're on Rumble, we're on Google, Apple Podcast. We have a TikTok page. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Facebook. So if you find yourself fuckery deprived, curl up with a nice hot mug of shut the fuck up and just listen. Open those ear holes and be prepared to be cream pied like it's the first time. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Angry Faithful. Today on Nerd Sports 79, we're going to talk about shovel racing. Basically, they step on a shovel and go downhill on snow. Oh, they sit. Oh, they sit. Okay. They they, sit. They're in a seated, they're in a seated oh. position. It's a snow shovel. Okay. I mean, these dudes look like they're outfitted for the Olympics, right? You know, you know, like you see the snowboarders in those big, like, you know, big puffy suits or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, they just find a hill somewhere and just ride that snow shovel down. I'm I'm just like, okay. Two, sorry. Two things that's uh, big news, I suppose. One of them's actual sports. The other one is McDonald's has brought back the Halloween buckets. The only problem is, and this is pissing me off, is the fact that they're only doing it like once a week. They'll they'll change it out. Like next week it will be the pumpkin, and next week after that it will be uh, Frankenstein, I think it is. See, McDonald's has gotten a little bit too proud. One, their fries have taken a hit. Their fries aren't what they used to be. God, I had one of the fries I was thinking about throwing up afterwards. Of course, I actually ate, like, you know, Indian food today, so I I still have that taste in the back of my mouth. Well, that usually happens, I'm told, when you spend too long in a bukkake circle. Yeah. But, (laughs) I'm sorry, that's going to be the extent of my David bashing for the evening. Sorry, I promised myself I wasn't going to do it today. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but the other thing is... Uh, sorry, oh, I should be ashamed of myself. Tom um, Brady got in the divorce. It's yeah, a- Tom Brady's getting a divorce, yeah. Yeah, it's actually um, official right now. I mean... Yeah, I, I mean, they, he's got a lawyer, she's got a lawyer. There's been yeah. a petition filed in court. We'll see what happens. See, the problem with that is that if he decides that he wants to sue her for spousal support, she's worth like three or four times what he is. Really? Yeah. Dude. She's worth something to the tune of like $150 million. How is he not? A year. How is And last year he only made 33 or $34 million. Wow. 
Yeah. So I don't know, man. We'll see what happens with that. But all that aside, um, baseball news. So the ALCS and the NAL, or NLCS, which is the championship series for the prospective leagues, um, finally got their, you know, their number were down literally to the final four. Um, today, earlier today, New York begrudgingly, um, well, I say begrudgingly, it's acting like New York didn't want to do it. Um, New York beat the Cleveland Guardians uh, five to one um, in a basically a makeup game five because they were supposed to play last night, um, but the game was rained out. So they played earlier today. New York won that game five to one. So they took the best of five series, three games to two. Then New York travels here tomorrow. They're actually on the plane flying to Houston now. Um to play game one of the American league championship series against Houston starting tomorrow. Um, right now we're looking at um, Philadelphia is actually playing game one of the NLCS against San Diego right now. Uh, they're in the bottom of the second. It's still a scoreless game. Um, you know, Houston last week when they, when they finally put away Seattle, uh, to advance to the ALCS, their sixth straight, I might add. Um, all the legitimacy of their, you know, ALCSs, ALCS appearances, whatever. All that aside, they said it, uh, the the Mariners and the Astros in their game three of their wild card of their uh, divisional series set a major league record. It was the longest major league postseason game to go scoreless. It went 18 innings until uh, Houston put one on the board, and they ultimately beat the Mariners in 18 innings. Dude, that's the equivalent of two ball games played back-to-back. So we're talking six hours of baseball. Um, There's a lot of talk around the Houston area. Jose Altuve's you know, seemingly in a slump. I think he went something like 0 for 6 or 0 for 8 uh, during that 18-inning game. Um, a lot of the players that they interviewed or, you know, you know, on the news here don't seem all that concerned about it. They seem to think that he's going to bounce out of that slump. Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to pull for the Astros during this ALCS. It's It feels dirty. It feels impure, but I'm not going to root for the pinstripes at all not one bit um depending on who represents the 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 national league in the world series will dictate who i pull for in the world series if if san diego goes to the world series then i'm going to pull for the padres just because they've never won one before um if the Phillies go, I'm going to end up having to root for the Astros. But if for whatever reason, the Yankees advance to the world series, it doesn't matter who the national league representative is. I'm going to have to pull for the national league just because. Well, you, screw New York. Let's that just put it that way. Um, so, hockey season has started. So can I ask you one question though? What's that? When they're here, are you just going to go to the Astros game just so you can boo the Yankees? In my Red Sox gear, yeah. If I can get a ticket to the ALCS, yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, short of that, I mean, really nothing going on as far as um, 
you sent me something earlier today of uh it was a TikTok involving joe musgrove yeah um and i, I watched that game that was game three of the wild card series between the Mets and the Padres. Now, Joe Musgrove, he was a part of the 2017 Astros World Series team. Um, he, he's been quoted as saying he doesn't like wearing that that ring. He doesn't like talking about that team and, you know, being a part of that team in public. It's, he said it's kind of an embarrassment. He feels as though the title's not legitimate, which if that's coming from a player, that that tends to, you know, lend itself to a lot, you know, a bigger conversation. But all of that aside... Uh, Joe Musgrove just absolutely went in in that game, and he was dealing. I mean, absolutely dealing. Um, and and the Mets had no 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 answer for him, right? So you know, like I went over a couple of weeks ago on the show, uh, Buck Showalter, and you know, just being Buck Showalter, questioned the umpires and said, "Hey, um, his spin rates are up, and uh, obviously we can't do anything with him." I think he's using a foreign substance or a sticky substance to to doctor the ball. Well, the umpiring crew met, and then they went over to the mound, and they inspected him. They inspected his hands, his gloves, or or the inside of his glove, the the palm of his glove. They also checked his hat. Uh, They checked his ears because his ears were a little oily. I mean, but that just turned out to be sweat. And... um, I mean, they cleared him. They, They checked his uniform to make sure that he wasn't you know, wiping stuff off of his uniform onto the ball, that kind of a thing. I mean, the that's only what, thing that he was putting on the ball of, was rosin. That was a lot of uh, the thing that they're – the reason why I'm on, the, on that video was they were emphasizing that his ear – they're like – it's like any – Yeah, the, the, you know, and that's – and that is um, – that, that's – that right there, that is that is a pure – I mean, that's a prime example of the media amping things up to be bigger than what they actually are. Well, no, that's Um, not even the media. It's the conspiracy theory of everybody else. You have a person that... that I mean, that's actually going out and they're dominating. No, you have a person that's taking the photo or the video what they're watching, and they go from segment to segment to segment to segment to segment, and they're going, oh, oh, it's right there. I believe it's right there. That's what they're doing. Right. But here's the thing. That happened live. That happened during the game. They didn't ask Joe Musgrove to come and turn in his equipment post-game. It was during the game. Buck Showalter was inspecting balls as early as the first inning. Because why? His spin rates were up. And that's the problem with these analytics is that, I mean, they're, they're breaking everything. Everything in this game now has an analytical category. And, I mean, you're talking about drop you know, drop rates, you're talking about spin rates, you're talking about release points. I, I mean, you're, you, I mean, everything has a statistical category that it fits into. Um, and for whatever reason, I mean, they, they felt like his spin rates were up from previous starts and they were like, wait a minute, something doesn't pass the sniff test. So they went out there and I think Buck Walter knew that these, you know, that there was nothing going on, but I, I think deep, deep down inside, he, he knew. He had to have known. So what does he end up doing? He's like, okay, I'm going to have the umpires go out there and disrupt his, his pace. Maybe get inside of his head a little bit. Maybe he'll falter. It, no. I mean, as soon as the umpires gave Buck Showalter the thumbs up and said, hey, this guy's on the up and up, he went out there and finished absolutely annihilating their their lineup until uh, until their closer came in. 
you know, until they're set up and closer guys come in. And I'm like, okay, but that last strikeout that Joe Musgrove had, I mean, he looked right over at the Mets dugout and you saw what he did. He just sniffed his yeah. fingers and then pointed at him. But, you know, it, I mean, to me, I mean, that's just, I mean, the fact that Joe Musgrove was clean doing that, and that just, I mean, you will see it. It, it over the course of the history of the game. And even more now so that everything's broken down frame by frame. And I mean, they can, they can calculate spin rate on the pitch and things like that. Launch angle, exit velocities. Um, <laughs> when a player is just that much in the zone and they are completely demolishing your lineup, there's absolutely nothing that you can do. You just have to sit back and, and try your best to get to them. But at the same time, you have to sit back and admire the fact that things like that can still occur in this day and age of a, of a what was, you know, pretty straightforward, a dominant performance in 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 this analytical age. And I mean, hey, <laughs> I give the guy props a hundred percent. But um, you know, it's going to be you know, I mean, th- this this San Diego Padres squad is they are just absolutely they're playing loose i mean they they know that if they're going to win now is probably the time to do it um the san diego padres fan base in the front office i mean the front office has put the put their fan base through i don't know a couple of years of well hey we're spending all this money to not get any results so they finally make a couple of really great trades at the trade deadline this year um and they put together this like band of misfits almost. And I mean, nobody expected the Padres to get here. Uh, There wasn't a single, if I can, if I can recall correctly, there wasn't a single expert, so to speak, that had their bracket, their NLCS bracket to include the San Diego Padres or the Phillies. And, you know, I mean, I mean, everybody either had the Astros to win or to win or the Dodgers. So, and, and funny enough, you know, because San Diego and in LA, they're, they're division rivals. So San Diego lost every game against Los Angeles this year, with the exception of like two, two games. They only beat LA two games during the regular season. And then they come in and beat them in, in the divisional series two or three games to two or three games to one or something like that. Yeah. But so the Dodgers, the 2022 Dodgers (laughs) kind of had a couple of things going against them. One, their manager, Dave Roberts um, at the beginning of the season said, we're going to win the world series market, count on it, write it down, you know, make a note of it. We're going to win the world series this year. Well, that, 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 that quote didn't age well. Um, and they are now the in major league history the first team to win a hundred plus games and to not reach a championship series. There have been like five or six other teams that have had a hundred plus win seasons that have at least made it to their championship series for their prospective leagues and or gotten to the World Series and lost. The and you can hear my dog in the background barking for absolutely no reason at all. Um, 
you know, I mean, not only did they not get to the uh, to the NLCS, they didn't even get past their divisional series, and that's never happened before, ever. They were the number one seed. They had the best record in baseball, American and National League. They got the National League home field advantage throughout the World Series because of that. So for them to not advance to the NLCS is a, is a huge statement to the type of baseball that the San Diego Padres are playing. So do I, do I, do I look for the Padres to get past the Phillies? I think that they will. Ultimately, it's going to be a good series. I think that the NLCS is going to go six games, but I think the Padres are going to take it four games to two. Um, the the Yankees and, and the Astros. If if Jose Altuve can get off the snide and and he can figure out a way to get out of this little hump that you know slump that he's in, unfortunately, yeah, the the Yankees are going to lose. Um, I say unfortunately, the Yankees are going to lose. Thankfully, the the Yankees will lose. I think ultimately that the Astros are going to take this series probably in five games. Um, New York may grab game number three. Uh, actually, no. Um, I think they'll grab the third game of this series, but Houston's going to go on to win the next two. And, you know, so, I mean, Houston's, Houston, they're going to have to, they're going to have to win this game on the road. They're going to have to go into the, into Yankee stadium and they're going to have to shut down the Yankee crowd. And well, there's no, there's no shutting those fans up. Basically they're either going to cheer loudly for the Yankees or they're going to start booing their own players, which they've been doing in the past, even this, even this postseason. Um, and, and towards the last week of the actual regular season, they were booing Aaron Judge. It's like, seriously? This dude hit 62 home runs for you. He sets a single-season American League home run record, and he does it in the pinstripes, and, and he's going to be most likely named the American League MVP, and you're going to boo this man? That's Knock. because New Yorkers are just a different breed. Well, New York, New York fans, man, for the most part, by by and large, they're trash, man. It just, I mean, they're 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 educated, they're smart, they know baseball. They they know, they know they know baseball, right? They can sit there and talk stats with you all day long, um, but it just it, New York is a different kind of market, man. It's it's it's. It's either feast or famine out there, and I'm just like, no, nah, no, nah, that that. I mean, the Boston Boston fan base, not much better. I mean, we'll, we'll I mean, <laughs> I like to say that, but I mean, yeah, when the team's winning, we're like, yeah, we're on cloud nine. But I mean, even when the team's winning, we're sitting there talking about who's not contributing, and 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 you know, <laughs> things like we will sit there and bash our team even when they're winning. So, um. Anyway, so we're, we're going to move on to uh, the NFL scores from last week. Especially since Chris is out of the show for this week because of he's going to a dinner meeting. Yeah, yeah. So, so he. Did 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 he make any kind of reply to you about my comment for him last week? No, not yet. Did you know what? We put the show. Tell him right. We don't want we. Yeah, I told him. Okay. Oh. Okay. He might have, and I just. Damn it! Come on. All right. So let me let me go ahead and get into these scores here. 
All right, so on Thursday night, we had the, uh, let me see here. That's week five. I need week six scores. Okay, so on Thursday night, we had Chicago beating the Washington Commanders. But then I, there was one glaring caveat that I had forgotten to take into consideration is the fact that the Chicago offense has only scored one touchdown um, <laughs> at home. And they did it on Thursday night. They lost to the commanders 12 to seven. Um, I mean, hey, well, it's you know, not that bad. Well, it's not that bad, but it's still a bad pick. Um, we had the Niners over the Falcons, and the Falcons decided to show up and play football. They won the they beat the 49ers 28 to 14 at home. Um, and then we had New England over the Browns. Of course, we got that one right, 38-15. And then I had it. I called it. I called the upset pick of the week, the Jets over the Packers. And on Sunday, the New York football Jets go into the frozen tundra of Lambeau. And beat the Packers twenty-seven to ten. That one surprised me. It Dude, was really, it really I, surprised me. I was like, I saw oh, that. I was like, yeah. Packers got it. Packers got it. And then I was like, oh, Packers. Well, the Packers were never in this game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was close for like a quarter, but the offensive line just. It was it was so full of it was so full of holes it wasn't even funny, um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hang my hat on that one I'm gonna be like yeah I finally got an upset pick you know picked uh, picked correctly, we had we had the Colts over the Jags got that one right thirty four twenty seven, and then I had the Vikings over the Dolphins we got that one right twenty four to sixteen, and then I had the Bengals over the Saints we got that one right thirty to twenty six. Um, and then I had the Ravens over the Giants. The Giants came in and surprised everybody. Um, they beat the Ravens 24 to 20. This was the, this was the, this, this next pick I I, I didn't see coming. And Tom Brady addressed this post game. He said, you know, we're not in a good place, but we're going to get it figured out. Right. The Steelers go into Tampa Bay, excuse me, and beat, I mean, uh, the Bucks go into Pittsburgh and and lose to the Steelers 20 to 18 granted it was only by two points there was a there was a lot of there was a lot of uh can you hear that I can hear like a little bit of it yeah yeah okay um It was only about, it was only a two point loss, but I mean there was so much more going on within the the game within the game kind of a thing. So I, I think Tampa Bay is going to get it all sorted out and they're going to ride the ship. Um, we had the Rams over the Panthers. That one was correct. We had that one twenty four to ten, and I had Arizona over the Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks showed up, showed out nineteen to nine over the Cardinals. So we we got that one wrong. And then I had the Buffalo Bills over the Chiefs. That was an amazing game to watch. Um, the Bills pulled out a victory 
in Kansas City, 24 to 20. Man, I'm telling you, that game, the offenses showed up and just absolutely balled out, man. I mean, the defenses showed up and absolutely balled out. Dude, it was such a it was it was a good game to watch. I mean, it literally came down to the last couple of minutes of the game, and and I'm I'm I, that was an that was an entertaining game to watch. Then we had Sunday night's game. Cowboys go into the Eagles. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to ride Cooper Rush. And then the Eagles showed up and happened, and they beat the Cowboys 26-17. So we had that one wrong. And then um, <laughs> I got this one right, too. We picked the Chargers over the Broncos because I knew that Russell Wilson hadn't been playing really good football, neither had the, uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos just really haven't seemed to find their niche. Uh, this year, I mean, they've got a new quarterback under center in the former Russell Wilson, but it just for whatever reason, man, it just they're not they're not doing it. So the the Broncos lost that game sixteen to nineteen. Um, uh, the 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 teams that were on a bye week this this past week were the Lions, the Titans, the Raiders, and the Texans. Um, so you know it, man, it just uh, I mean this this coming week is going to be. Uh, a pretty good bounce back week. It's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, what happens. Um, the one game that everybody was talking about this week wasn't even a pro game. It was Alabama at Tennessee, dude. That was an awesome game. I mean, it literally came down to the very last play, which was a field goal by the Tennessee kicker. It actually got partially blocked by Alabama, but it knuckled over. I mean, it just instead of spiraling end over end, it just kind of spun on its on its I guess y axis or whatever, just knuckled over, and and was good uh, enough to beat Alabama fifty two to forty nine. I mean, the offenses were just going off, and it was such a good game to watch. Um, the Tennessee student body rushed onto the field they took down the goalposts and the goalposts eventually made their way into the Tennessee River so um <laughs> I mean everybody is like okay you know so what Alabama lost well you know what the thing of it is is that yeah while Alabama did lose they lost to an SEC rival um uh, that they hadn't lost to in like 15 years I thought it was 16 Six, yeah, fifteen or sixteen years. It was it was it was a long, long time. Yeah, I do. I mean, but it was such a good game to watch. Um, I mean, I'm sitting there and like I couldn't sit down for like the last you know the last three minutes of the game. I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, God, who's gonna flinch?" You know, and I mean, uh, Alabama, they went for it on fourth down. I mean, you, and in that position. In, or in that situation, rather, you had to go for it. And they they turned it over on downs, and Tennessee got within field goal range. And I will guarantee you that kicker, not only did he not, not only did he not have to pay for a meal for the rest of the weekend, but I guarantee you that kid got laid that night. Absolutely hands down. <laughs> so Yeah. There there was also a uh uh, another news article, apparently Tennessee is hit with a 200 
a hundred thousand dollar fine. Yeah, when your student body rushes the field like that after a win, the, the the university gets fined, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Every penny worth it. Worth it, every penny. All right, so let's get into week eight. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, week seven. Week seven. Um, we've got the Saints going to Arizona. I think Arizona is still kind of going back and forth. They're trying to figure out what's going on. We're going to pick the Saints over the Cardinals on that one. Uh, we've got Cleveland going. Oh, don't to Baltimore. don't do the don't do the notes. Oh, wait a minute. That is. Oh, dude. That okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find the note thing. What are, are you writing them down or something? Because I sent them to you. No, it sends it automatically. It's connected. Oh, that's right, because I'm sharing it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was having a hard time last time because it I was trying to get it up and going and everything. And I was like, where where is this at? Where is this? How do I get this? No. And now it's uh it's right on. All you have to do is just type it yeah. in. Yeah, okay, yeah. It that's technology. So yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, we're looking at Cleveland going into Baltimore. Um, Cleveland is <laughs> playing a little bit inspired, but I'm. I think we're going to take the Ravens over the Browns. Um. Next pick is going to be the Buccaneers at Carolina. Um. I mean, the Buccaneers are struggling, but I don't think they're struggling that bad. I think the defense is going to step up. Um, I think their offense is going to figure out some of the holes with the with the Carolina defense. Um, we're going to pick the Bucks over the Panthers. Um, Falcons at the Bengals. I think we're going to take the Bengals over the... Over the Falcons. And then Lions at the Cowboys. (laughs) This may or may not be the first game back for Dak Prescott. Um, It's like magic. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm sorry. It just just popped up on my screen. I was like, it's like magic. (laughs) I'm such a kid sometimes. We're going to look for the Cowboys to get back on the winning track, and we're going to take them over the Lions. Because if they lose to Detroit at home, you will see Cowboy jerseys getting burned in the parking lot of AT&T Stadium. Um, and then inevitably you will see those Cowboy fans posts on, on Facebook like, yeah, win, lose, or draw. I'm a Cowboys fan for life. You know, we them boys. And like, shut up. Just go sit down somewhere. Um, the New York football giants at Jacksonville, we're going to take the giants. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take the, we're going to take New York over to the Jags on that one. Uh, Colts at the Titans. I think the Titans are playing a little bit inspired. Um, this is probably going to be the, uh, this might be the, the, uh, Hey, we're, it's going to bite us in the ass pick for the week. But I'm taking the Titans over the Colts. 
Uh, let me see here. <laughs> the Packers at the Commanders. Man, it's like who wants to lose this game more? Um, Green Bay over Washington. I think that's where we're going to go on that one. Then the Jets are going to go up to Denver and they're going to play the Broncos. You know what? We're going to ride that wave and we're going to take the Jets over the Broncos. (laughs) Hey, so this one is the Texans at Las Vegas. We're going to take the Raiders over the Texans. (laughs) Did you see what I did there over the trans? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm posting this stuff. It's not funny. (laughs) I'm like, why did it say trans? Oh, they're playing in Las Vegas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Okay. So uh, the Seahawks and the Chargers, I could really care less about this one. This is going to be the second. Uh, Sunday night game, or no, this is going to be the second primetime game in a, in as many weeks for the Chargers because they played last night. So, um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take the Chargers over the Seahawks. I just am. I For whatever reason, just the Chargers are sticking out in my head on this one. I honestly, on all rightfulness, need to be doing my my homework on that. So that well, it's not a primetime game. That's a uh, that's an afternoon game. Anyways, um, yeah, the Chargers over the Seahawks on this one. I just wasn't impressed with the way that the Seahawks won their game. I just I, I just wasn't. And nothing said that they were turning a corner. It just says that they weren't as bad as um, what is it uh, Arizona that they played. They just weren't as bad. So that's all there is to it. Um, the Chiefs over the 49ers. So uh, Patrick Mahomes is going to the Bay Area. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs on that one, man. And uh, if I could learn how to type correctly. There we go. All right. So and then the Sunday night game is the Steelers at the Dolphins. Still not impressed with Miami, so we're going to take the Steelers over Miami on that one. And then for the Monday night game, it's the Bears at the Patriots. We're taking New England all day over the Bears. So that, that's what our picks are going to be for this week. Uh, let's kind of go over them again. Saints over the Cardinals. We've got the Ravens over the Browns. Bucks over the Panthers. Bengals over the Falcons. Cowboys beating Detroit. Uh, uh, the Giants over Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee over the Colts. Green Bay over Washington. The Jets are going to keep on winning, and they're going to go right into Denver, and they're going to beat the Broncos. The Raiders are over the Texans. Chargers over the Seahawks, Chiefs over the Niners, Steelers over Miami, and New England over the Bears. 
So you've got those notes now, David. Um, before we get into NASCAR news, I'm going to give Colin a call real quick. And we're going to get. We're going to get joke time with Colin going. All right, so here we go. I can barely hear you again. Johnny, Johnny, I cannot hear you. I guess take off the mic. Can you hear him now? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly now. Something now, Colin. Something. Something. Can you hear him? We're good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Let me do your opening. Your intro. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages, young and old, angry, hateful. It is that time, once again, where my offspring, the spud, delights not only your eye sockets, but your ear holes. It's that time, once again, everybody, put your hands together for joke time with Colin. Take it away, bud. What do gay men call humorous speed bumps? <laughs> well, you fit four gay guys on one bar stool. You turn it upside down. <laughs> Did you know 75% uh, of gay men were born that way? The other 25 got... Uh, the other tw- In shock, yes. I'm, 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 I'm hearing you. <laughs> Your dad's in shock, bro. Okay. Whew. Bud. Not only one, not two, but three jokes this time. Yeah, it's, it was a three joke week. And, and you wanna, you wanna explain to the people? No, we are not talking. Okay, David. I'm texting him this or this evening to tell him, hey, get a joke ready. And he tells me to look up salty ice cream. 
Go ahead. Look it up right now. Look up salty ice cream. Wait, no, no. It's salty salty ice cream. Waiting for the response. Yeah, God. <laughs> right? I'm like, bro, like, where did you hear that? Where where did you hear about that? You know, like on you know, like on TikTok for like things you shouldn't search. Oh, yeah. Like the angry dragon. For those of you at home, if you decide to look up salty ice cream, do it of your own accord. Don't do it. Don't yeah, do just it. Don't do it. Angry just don't do it. If, if 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 yeah, Angry Me Productions does not support the search for salty ice cream. We just don't recommend it. Nope. Uh, we are not held accountable. Yeah, we are not held accountable for the reaction or actions conducted during, before, or after said search. Bud, I love you, and I will call you later this week. Okay. Later. All right. Say later, everybody. <laughs> Later, guy. Oh. I don't know what it is, but when you FaceTime them, it just turns yeah, I don't know. Down. Ever since I got the new board, when I FaceTime him. Where are you FaceTime him on? My Mac, because I'm using my iPhone as my camera. Mm. It was working fine when I had the old soundboard, but this one is a much better soundboard. No, it it was it was doing that too. Was it? And you just chose not to say anything. No, it wasn't doing it that bad. I okay. could still hear you, and I could still <sighs> I could still hear him. I think I just we got we got to figure out a way to put the zoom on his phone so the way he can just zoom in that way. Yeah. Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is my genetic code on display for your eyes and your ears. I hope he <clears> left <throat> you yearning for a big, tall, call, cold, frosty bottle of holy water to wash out your eyes, to purge your ears. Ladies and gentlemen, that boy needs Jesus. And it was joke time with Colin. <laughs> I've got to get him to do something besides the gay jokes, man, because we're going to seriously piss somebody off. Probably. Oh, God. Anyways, all all right. Those are actually old jokes. They are, but the speed bumps thing, dude, that just, that had me. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one got me. Okay, NASCAR news. Um, So this past week, they were in Las Vegas. For the uh, for the first uh, round of eight race, uh, Joey Logano ended up winning that race. Not not my favorite person to win, but it is what it is. Um, but him him winning that race wasn't the big news out of the weekend. Um, Bubba Wallace, who drives the uh, forty five car for uh, was it forty five or twenty three? I can't remember. Anyways. He, he, it's the 45 car. So he drives the number 45 McDonald's Toyota Camry for 2311 racing. And, um, 
he had an on-track incident with the number five car of Kyle Larson from Hendrick Motorsports. Um, Kyle Larson got a little loose coming out of turn four and his car went up the track, but he didn't, you know, make contact with Bubba Wallace. It looked like, um, but Bubba Wallace had, when you're in a position, you're on the outside and a, and a driver's, you know, their car is walking up the track towards the outside. You've got two different options. One, you can make contact and wreck or two, you can lift out of the throttle and give the driver, you know, give that driver the position. Well, Bubba Wallace being the entitled, uh, well, being the entitled driver that he is, uh, decided that I ain't going to lift. He got loose. He got into the wall. And then according to the data and real-time video of him, you know, of his, you know, from his car and of his car immediately after contacting the wall, he turned down the track. He turned sharp left and, and the, the data from his car showed that his steering wheel turned sharply left. Hooked Kyle Larson at 170 miles plus, an, you know, 170 plus miles an hour, uh, coming through the 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 front uh, the front stretch. Wrecked him, wrecked Kyle Larson, and then wrecked uh, Christopher Bell, another Toyota driver who drives uh, the number twenty car for Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, Christopher Bell is still considered a uh, a playoff contender, and it. Ruined his chances for the day. Uh, he had to win to advance, which he did last week. But so this is the first race of a new round. It put, you know, it put Christopher Bell at a disadvantage. I mean, he's now at, I mean, he's he's now sitting down toward the bottom of the point standings for the remaining eight drivers. Um, well, I say eight should be the remaining seven drivers because there's two races left in this round. And at least one driver is going to advance on, you know, points. So, um, Joey Logano, he's still in, he, he won. So he automatically punched his ticket to race for the championship in Phoenix. So there's, you know, three more spots available for that championship for race. Um, but, uh, what happened was, is that Bubba Wallace got out of his car walked over to Kyle Larson's car, dropped his helmet, and immediately started putting his hands on Kyle Larson. Now, Kyle Larson did the classy thing. He tried his best to back off and get out of the way. He did shove Bubba Wallace off of him, but that's because Bubba Wallace had him pinned against his car. Uh, the, the NASCAR officials were there trying to break him up and everything like that. Um, NASCAR didn't call Bubba to the, to the, to the trailer you know, to the NASCAR trailer after the incident or after the race, which I think is a missed opportunity. Um, so after a lot of backlash, I think NASCAR was kind of painted into a corner. Um, Bubba Wallace's actions could have killed Kyle Larson. Because when you hook a guy like that going that fast, I mean, he's lucky that Kyle Larson had the kind of car control that was required to keep his car from going into the fence. I mean, if, if Kyle Larson would have hit that fence at those ang at that speed and at the right angle, it could have either seriously hurt him, hurt another competitor, possibly a spectator, 
or even killed, you know, somebody within close proximity of, if not directly involved in that wreck. And, you know, so I'm, Bubba Wallace, you know, ever since the, uh, the feigned noose incident at Talladega, where if you look picture, look at pictures of that quote unquote noose, it's just a, it's just a simple slipknot that's on every garage door. Yeah. I mean, they, they, with the, 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 the cameras and the security that those garages have, there would have had to have been footage of somebody tying that noose, you know, intentionally for Bubba Wallace in his garage. I'm, I'm calling BS on it a hundred percent all day, every day. So, um, Anyways, moving on, Bubba Wallace, he's just, he's, he needs to, and I know that this is going to sound racially motivated and believe me, trust me, pure, plain and simple. Um, hundred percent. It is not racially motivated. You have personalities in this sport, and believe me, the sport needs them. They need their good guys, they need their heroes, and they need their villains. Bubba Wallace has taken to the idea that somehow he needs to fill that villain role and ramp it up and kind of own it as a moniker. Um, he's got two wins in this series. One of the one of those was due to a rain shortened race. The other one was a legitimate took the checkers win because apparently he spanked the field at Kansas. Congratulations on that win, Bubba. But that does not entitle you to act the way that you're going to act during this post uh, po- uh, post care center uh, inter- infield care center uh, uh, visit interview after the wreck. He said, "quote I don't lift." Well, guess what? You're going to have to start lifting. You're going to have to start coming off of that throttle, coming out of that turn, because things like that. And then you're going to get out of your car, and you're going to take it upon yourself to walk over to your competitor and start a physical altercation because you felt like you were wronged. Well, guess what? Kyle Larson has already taken sensitivity training to earn his reinstatement into NASCAR. And when he did, he came out his first year in a Hendrick car, goes out and wins the championship. Yes, I'm a Hendrick Motorsports fan. No, I'm not a fan of yours. Not that you care. But the fact of the matter is, is that Kyle Larson handled that situation with a very high degree of class. And, you know, he... You know, he was like, I'd be, you know, during Kyle Larson's interview, he'd be like, hey, you know, I'd be mad too. You know, I don't know what his problem, you know, what his mode of thinking is or was when he came over to my car, but, you know, I'd be mad too. But, you know, if if Kyle Larson would have responded with physical force to Bubba, Bubba Wallace's advances, you can almost guarantee to a T that Kyle Larson would probably be out of NASCAR indefinitely because they would have looked at that as a racially motivated kind of a thing because he's already had that um, sensitivity training for dropping the N-word on an online race a couple of years ago. You know, so, and I think Kyle Larson knew that. 
And he said he, he was getting out of his car and he saw Bubba walking over and he was like, oh man, here we go. And he knew that it was going to get bad. Um, he said he didn't blame him, but he knew that, you know, hey, this probably could have been, you know, could be, you know, he he automatically started going into that. Okay, I need to react a certain way. And he did. So congratulations, Kyle Larson. You know, I mean, it wasn't the best of situations that you found found yourself in. But I, I think at the end of the day, Kyle Larson comes out of that, not necessarily smelling like a rose, but definitely um, almost kind of maybe served to be the catalyst almost that I think Bubba Wallace needs because Bubba Wallace received his penalty from NASCAR today. He is suspended for next year's, or I mean, next, uh, next week's race in Miami Homestead. What is that? What does that do for uh, against him, though? I mean, um, not... he's not going to earn any driver. I mean, he's he's out of the playoffs now. But yeah. Um, uh, so I mean, do they he... have anything that's going to carry on for the next year, though? No, I don't think it's going to have anything to carry because on for next year. Now, unless he comes back into the car after next week, unless he comes into the car after next week and just drives with a chip on his shoulder and just starts putting his, you know, putting the, you know, hooking people and turning them. Um, Bubba Wallace needs to walk on very thin ice because he's going to get watched. He's going to get, like, he, he's he, going to get fired. Well, possibly. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here, no, here's the thing. Hold, hear, hear me out on this one. It shouldn't be this way, but I think it's going to end up being this way because if Bubba Wallace finds himself in a position to where he presses the issue, wrecks somebody else, and possibly hurts somebody else, they won't be able to fire him without the race card being played. I hate to say that. And I would like to think, I would love to give Bubba the benefit of the doubt to say that he's a little bit more intelligent than that and a little bit more classier than that. But he's going to find himself in a position that if he doesn't watch his P's and Q's over the next three or four weeks, he, you know, it's, it's, he, he's going to find himself in a very bad position and he, I mean, his, his career for all intents and purposes is just barely getting off the ground. Like I said, he's got two career victories in the cup series. Yeah. Um, does he have talent? Yes, absolutely. He has a talent. You have to have talent to be able to drive these cars and control them at those speeds. Does he run out of talent a lot when he finds himself getting into wrecks? Yes. Yes, he does. But over time, you know, he'll learn how to control those cars a lot better just like everybody else is but when you get wrecked you have to understand what's a racing deal versus what's malicious there is in no way shape form or fashion anything that kyle larson did to create that wreck that was malicious his car got loose it started walking up the track he gave bubba as much room as he possibly could did not make contact with bubba until bubba bounced off the wall because bubba chose to not lift and this is a lesson that Bubba is going to have to learn that when you are in positions like that, you have those two options. One is to hit and make contact with the wall and or another car or two lift back out and live to race another lap or two. He could have just backed out of the throttle. He could have lifted for just a minute, not even a minute, just that much. That's all it takes that long to lift out of the throttle and get back into the throttle. Yeah, sure. You lose a little bit of your momentum, but you can gather your car back up and start hitting your marks to get back into that. Because not only did he take himself out, but he took out Kyle Larson in a very malicious manner, but he also hit Christopher Bell in the 20 car 
had nothing to do with that altercation. And it ruined his day. It ended his day. He he was set up for a relatively decent points day, and it ruined it because Bubba Wallace decided to run out of talent in that corner. And that's all there is to it. So I, I, I say that, yes, the one-week suspension where he is not in the car, he is effectively parked for one week. He's not going to earn any points towards the end of um, you know, What's towards the end of the season. Sponsorship, though. No, he's not going to lose a sponsorship. Well, not lose um, sponsorship. Don't they take money away because he's not doing that race? No, because they're going to have a driver filling that seat for that race. So the sponsor is going to be on the car. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek from the uh, uh, Truck Series slash Xfinity Series, he's going to get called up to fill in uh, the forty-five car for that week uh, next week in Miami. Um, I like John Hunter Nemechek. Um, he's the son of Joe Nemechek, longtime cup racer. Um, so, you know, it, do I think that there needed to be points effectively? This is a points penalty because if you sit for a week, you're not gaining any points. You actually lose a lot of points. Um, and depending on how well the people do points wise around him is going to dictate where he ends ultimately ends up. Um, now granted he is not racing for the championship. He he was out of the playoffs early. I think he was out during the round of twelve. But uh, you know it. You you have those those egos in the garage that effectively. I mean, nobody wants to be around you in the garage or on the track. I mean, people just don't want to race near you. They don't want to race with you. They don't want to work with you. And with as young of a team as 2311 Racing is, I think that that Bubba needs to learn this lesson and he he needs to let it sink in because it's it, it's going to be detrimental, you know. And if his if if he doesn't change his attitude, if he doesn't work on that temper that that he's displayed and his inability to effectively read the room, so to speak. Sponsors aren't going to want to be on his car, which is going to affect his team. It's yeah. going to put people out of jobs because sponsorship is really kind of hard to find to begin with. And, you know, with charter prices being what they are in this sport, your sponsor pays for about anywhere from 60 to 80% of the operating cost to put that car on the track every week. So, you know, I mean, if he, if he continues down this road, he's not going to be long for this sport. If he is unable to produce at a high level, he's not long for this sport. Um, you know, I mean, and especially with advertising dollars being what they are, you know, in this day and age, it's it's very important that even if you're not producing at a high level, that if you get into a wreck or if you get into an alter, you know, if you have an on-track incident that you don't get out of your car and you act like that, that you don't establish yourself as an entitled prima donna and you don't have the stats to back it up. I mean, even, even people that have been producing and winning at a high level, they don't act like this with the exception of say, maybe Kyle Busch, 
Kyle Busch was kind of known for that, but he's toned down and he's become a little bit more marketable. I mean, yeah, he's on his way out with uh, Joe Gibbs Racing. He's not going to be in the 18 car after after the end of the season. He's moving over over to Richard Childress Racing. He's going to stop driving Toyotas. He's going to go into a, Cam- a Camaro next year. He's going to actually be running the number eight car for for Richard Childress Racing. Um, so you know. I look for Kyle Busch to kind of have more of a bounce back year because the eight car is a really good car. It, it's, it's great equipment. I mean, it's, it's in contention every week. And I know that, um, you know, I, I know that, uh, you know, Kyle Busch is just too good of a race car driver to stay down for very long. Um, I, I don't say he's going to go out and win the championship next year, but he's going to be a contender next year. He's going to win at least three races next year, I think. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with what happened to Bubba Wallace from NASCAR, suspending him for the, for the race next week. Um, look for it to be, you know, look, look for it to be the big story during the pre-race next, uh, next week. They're going to talk to Kyle Larson. Bubba Wallace has already submitted or he's already, uh, uh, he's, he's already tweeted out his, uh, canned response, so to speak. Um, his tweet said, quote, reflection. And it says, I want to apologize for my actions on Sunday following the on-track incident with Kyle Larson in the number five car. My behavior does not align with the core values that are shared by 2311 racing and our partners who have played a crucial role in my incredible journey to the top of this great sport. I want to apologize to NASCAR and the fans, along with Christopher Bell, Joe Gibbs Racing, and Toyota, for putting them in a in a situation in the playoffs they do not deserve. I compete with immense passion, and with passion at times comes frustration. Upon reflecting, I should have represented our partners and core team values better than I did by letting my frustrations follow me outside of the car. You live and learn, and I intend to learn from this. He tweeted that out yesterday at 6.30 p.m. It has only received 12,000 likes and it has uh, 70 or 7,500 replies. A lot of the drivers in the garage side with Kyle Larson on this. And because, I mean, Bubba, I mean... He's just not very well liked, and doesn't this really sound like it all too much. No, I mean he. Bubba thrust himself into the into the public spotlight with NASCAR, with the, uh, you know, the BS noose incident, bringing race into the sport. I mean, so what if you're a black driver? Big deal. I know plenty of people that are that can drive of all races, and that includes Asians. Okay. Tell this. Nobody up. cares that you are a black driver racing in NASCAR. Nobody cares. All they want to see is just somebody show up and entertain them. They want somebody who can win races or that can make, you know, that has amazing car control and it is competitive week in, week out. Yeah. Um, yeah you're not winning any popularity contests where it matters. I mean, you can have a, a drove of fans, but if nobody in the garage wants to work with you, you're going to have a long day. And there are ways on the track to turn you and wreck you 
without making it look as deliberate as he did. Because if you look at the footage after, after he bounced off the wall and made initial contact with Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson drops to the apron on the track and you can see a definitive left-hand turn from Bubba Wallace to come off of the banking onto the apron and hook Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson could have potentially been hurt very bad in that wreck because when he hit, they were still going 170. Mm. So, you know, I think with his actions getting out of the, after getting out of the car, plus the telemetry data coming off of his car, showing the throttle control and the uh, deliberate left-hand turn on his black box, so to speak. Yeah. I, I think seal the deal. Um, other news, uh, Kurt Busch, who drove the number 43 car for uh, 2311 Racing. Kurt Busch has been... Or no, Kurt Busch drives 45. That's right, never mind. Anyways, I digress. Um, Kurt Busch announced his retirement um, from full-time racing. He... Um, was one of the first people to step out of the car earlier this year, just shortly before the playoffs started with concussion protocol symptoms. Um, and, you know, so he's not really, he, he doesn't feel like he's back to where he needs to be. Um, he hasn't been cleared to compete and, you know, it just unfortunately concussion symptoms ended another career. Um, and that, you know, we went over this last week, I think, with the with the safety of the cars, they went backward a little bit. The 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 impact car well, zones all were smaller sport. in this that, car that, versus last year's. That's that's NFL in uh NASCAR right now. They're yeah, they're, um, they're thinking they're making improvements and they're going back a little bit. Yeah, they're going backwards a little bit. So I mean there's there's still a long way to go. Uh I think that NASCAR is ultimately after the end of the season, they're going to really th- they're gonna take a big swing with these cars um as far as the safety uh safety uh protocols and, and, and improvements are concerned. So you know, we, we can look forward to that, but, um, you know, with Kurt Busch retiring, it's the end of an era because Kurt Busch was the last driver to compete on track with Dale Earnhardt Sr. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, Kurt Busch, I mean, he's a champion of the sport. I mean, he won in the 97 car when he raced for uh, Roush racing, uh, back in 2004. Um, I don't, I don't think he's going to be away from the sport. Uh, I think he'll be in a booth uh, or he'll be an advisor to, an, a, te- uh, to a team. Um, but Kerbush, he'll be back in one one faster than another. He may drive part-time somewhere, like maybe one-offs, you know, kind of like Dale Jr. does now. But, uh, you know, I liked, you know, it took a while for me to warm up to Kurt Busch, but you know, because at times he admitted himself that he was his career's own worst enemy, kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, usually, usually when you're you're dealing with anything that's competitive and everything, it's the, yeah. The thing about Kurt Busch, though, years. if you go back and listen to Dale Junior's download with Kurt Busch as his guest, I mean, he talks about it. You know, he was like the success came too early for him. 
and he really didn't know what he had and he talked himself out of seats a lot of times. But uh I mean he's also a Daytona five hundred winner. You know, he he when Tony Stewart um when when Stewart Haas racing uh switched over from uh Chevy to uh Ford, mm-hmm. uh he got them their first Ford win and also got them their first Daytona five hundred as an organization. So you know, it, uh, I mean, he's, he, he's a talented guy, man. Um, and he's really kind of become a very popular figure, you know, around the sport and in the garage. So it's, it's definitely, you know, oh, cancel. Oh my God. My wife's Mac. Right. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, six, six, six. Siri, cancel. Thank you. I don't know why I said series. See, now it doesn't want to talk. Okay. Good. Awesome. Um, so, you know, with Kurt Busch stepping out of the car on as a, as a full-time driver, it's, it, again, it's an end of an era. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of weird not seeing him on the track, but I mean, he's been racing cars for uh, 20 years or so, yeah. um, a little over, actually over 20 years. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, eventually we knew that it was, there was going to come a day where there was nobody on the track that running a car that had run with Dale Earnhardt senior. And, you know, it's, you never really kind of put that in, you know, you never figure that as to be like big, a big deal until it actually happened. Um, you know, especially those of us that grew up watching the sport, rooting for Dale Earnhardt senior, rooting for Dale junior. Um, you know, it's, I mean, to say that these guys aren't athletes is it's a dis- it's a disservice to the to the drivers that strap into those cars. It's a disservice to the pit crew members who are a lot of times former collegiate athletes uh, that they have they've got weightlifting regimens and they've got personal. I mean, they've got trainers, team trainers that that build up specific muscle groups to help them do their job better. I mean, these guys spend it all year at the shop working on cars and training doing pit stops they're they're doing weightlifting they're doing cardio i mean the, it's a full-time athletic job so but um and in, in the nhl season has started uh, i'm going to start working up some nhl news uh, as we get there but um man i think it's i think it's time we can go ahead and land this plane yeah uh just really don't, yeah, I really don't have any nerd nerd news this week. I just don't. Black Adam's coming out, and that's about it. A lot of well, I've already seen the end, the end credits uh, scene. Yeah, my bad. Henry Cavall come back, comes back as Superman. Henry Cavill, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, he's like, it's been a long time since this, since people on this planet have been nervous. We need to talk, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy he's in, he's in the red and blue. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, Henry Cavill, he's dude. It, 
I loved Brandon Rouse uh, uh, as uh, as as Superman. He was a great Superman with really crappy writing. Um, he he was a great. Okay, okay. The difference on both of those things is he was really good. He looked the part of uh, George Reeves. Uh, uh, um, he was he was i think he served as the transition that everybody needed to make make that leap from for christopher reeve. reeve yeah you know because christopher reeve's widow gave him the okay and actually gave him uh, it was like a, a necklace or medallion or something like that uh, that belonged to christopher reeve and, and he did it he did it Honestly, it was like uh, having him back. But the only it problem was. was the only problem was is, and I've said this again. I I seriously think Brian Singer should just hang up being a director. He really should. I mean, on top of the fact that he likes little kids, but you know, he, I, had, he had one good movie, and the rest of it was just basically Ryan on the fucking coat uh, coattail of the name. Honestly, yeah. I mean, he did the first X Men movie, right? Yeah, he did the he, he did the whole X Men series. He had a he right, but I'm saying the first X Men movie was a good movie. X-Men. You know, he had the camera flares. You know, a la JJ Abrams, but you no, know he, he didn't he didn't he didn't have camera flares on that. He, he he started incorporating camera flares there toward the end. Oh yeah, because of JJ yeah yeah, and the, and Every, the unnecessary zoom ins now. Yeah, you know, and the JJ Abrams it. thing is like the zoom in, right? But yeah. zoom in and camera oh, flare. That was uh, that was that was uh, uh, Firefly. Yeah, but that was more Josh Whedon, right? And yeah, then the Josh Whedon, were... Josh Whedon did that, and everybody else eventually for space movies and everything started doing it because it is actually it actually made it seem a little bit more real. Yeah, but you know, get in. Um, but man, that's about it. Yeah, I, I so I, I made my family. I, I I say I made them. I held them at gunpoint. Uh, <laughs> um, what was it? Uh, Saturday night. I think it was family movie night. So everybody sat down in the living room. We watched the movie. What did I make them watch? Great Army question. Of- I'm glad you asked. Army of Darkness. No. What was you? Why would you not do that? I made them watch the last Starfighter. Oh God, yes. You know they're making they're 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 in talks to making. A- They've been in talks for years. The guy that played yeah. Alex Logan, um, the guy that played Alex in the movie, has gotten together with the creator of the last Starfighter to try to write a script for a second movie, and they're they're talking an actual, honest to God, sequel where Alex and Maggie are still on Rylos. And Alex has assumed like the commandant of the Starfighter Academy. The yeah, the the Earth has joined the Star League, the whole nine yards. The thing on it is is like uh, it's uh, a sashin attempt on my Alex. Yeah, well, storyline. Yeah, but I mean, they they've gone through so many different iterations, and and and. They have actually convinced studios to not do direct-to-video type movies where it's just like they bastardize the original. But, I, you know, I got to thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm conflicted on this and I'm torn on it a little bit. You know, we, we all know what the CGI looked like in the original movie. 
by today's standard, it is horrible, right? Mm -hmm. But when that movie came out, like, what was it, 84, 85? It was great, right? It had an $18 million budget. Back to the Future, by comparison, had a little bit of cheaper of a budget, and it looked so much better because they used green screens and and actual mock-ups, right? Yeah. Where It was actually 84. Was it 84? Okay. So I think I think Back to the Future had like a $16 million budget, but Last Starfighter had an $18 million budget, and they were using cutting-edge state-of-the-art CGI back then. And I mean, I, I remember that when I was a kid watching that movie for the first time over and over again, dude, I was just like, oh, my God, this is so cool, right? I don't want the I don't want it to get like the George Lucas treatment. You know, I don't want to I don't want it like a special edition last Starfighter with extra footage or anything like that. But what I would like to see is a re-release of the last Starfighter with um enhanced CGI. No. Give it the 21st no. century CGI. No. no, 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 no. Not to replace the original. No, to, I, know you, I, know, I know what you're talking about is just go yeah. footage and everything. I mean, it, it could be easily done. It could be well, easily done. And it like would be, it, it would give and see the problem with that. A lot of it is that like Lorimar, it was one of the re, you know original production companies. They're no longer in business, but here's the thing. If they were to get a studio to pick this up and say, Hey, we know that you're having trouble trying to get funding to get greenlit for a second Starfighter movie. It would be amazing. Like, say, if a studio comes along, they say, all right, we're going to provide the CGI to redo this movie, right? Um, and then re-release it so it, let's just say that it does like a limited like a limited run re-release -re right and you know kind of like they do with avatar every, every couple of years um give it give it the 21st century treatment for the cgi you know make the gun stars look great make the star car look great you know um and leave the rest of the movie alone release it in its original format you know but you know, I'm not, I'm not saying remaster the whole movie in 4K. Don't do that. Just give the graphics, give the CGI an update. You know what I'm saying? Remaster all of the CGI footage and then go from there. You can still have all the 1980s future tech that they had in there with like the, the really cheesy hologram of, of uh, Zerg's face <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming into Star Command. Yes, father. Do not call me father. You are no longer my son. You know, leave all that, leave all that footage in there, but just update the, the CGI. And I, I just think that that movie would do so well, you know, especially because Hollywood's on this like retro kick here lately. And well, they have been for a few years now, but I, I just think that the last Starfighter would really like the fan base can be infused with, uh, like new blood so to speak i mean because it's 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 obtained cult status at this point i just think that it would look amazing with re with redone cgi leave the rest of the footage alone like i said but just redo the cgi 
Yeah, it can be done, but anyways, uh, that's about an hour and uh, 20 minutes. About an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you all for watching. Uh, Also, uh, uh, on the Psychos and Sociopaths, the new serial killer that just got caught, we're going to go over him on uh for saturday and we're gonna have uh brock oh god i messed up his freaking name as soon as i uh i had to use and if it. he's listening he's gonna be like i'm yeah. not going on the show now <laughs> i got him from tomorrow like can't even get my name right <laughs> brock bevel he's gonna be on the show he's a interesting case he's a retired cop from uh, north carolina i believe uh, but he ended up, uh, we'll get the story into the thing, but it was, it's, it's a, uh, reinventing yourself because of addiction. And it's, yeah. it's an interesting case or, or a, a interesting man. I listened to him on the uh, disturbers podcast, which I hope come back soon. BC sky, get on that. A lot of you guys to listen on the uh waves and everything and uh that's that's about it let me go ahead yeah and just real quick update uh philadelphia in the top of the seventh is leading san diego to two to nothing right now so um get over there fs1 is where they're showing the uh, nlcs um fox and fs1 yeah fox ns or and fs1 are showing the national league the alcs is going to be over there on tbs uh, game one for the ALCS is tomorrow night at 6.37 Central Time, 7.37 Eastern. Um, I can't even bring myself to say go Astros, but anybody but New York. <laughs> now, to be fair, I went to my wife. I said, hey, do you have a do you have an Astros T-shirt? Because I'm going to. I'm going to wear one for the show. And I, she gave me one and I put it on and I'm sitting there. I'm like, and I put this on over it. Cause I was just going to do like a little, like cheap reveal. Right. Couldn't even do and I'm that. I'm standing there talking to her in the, in the closet. And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I took my Jersey. I took my sweater off, took my, took the t-shirt off and I put the sweater back on and she's like, looking at me and I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I can't. I tried. I, I, I made a concerted effort. There was intent. I just, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, uh, one, one last thing okay. before we cut this thing is, uh, this is what we call Southern goodbyes on this show. Yeah. We say hi, and then we just keep it going. Uh, Halloween is coming up, and we're going to do Vlad the Impaler. Count the Dracula. Uh, for the Psychos and Sociopaths. Are you going to dress up for that show? No, I was thinking about it. Because, I mean, dude, oh, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to make a cheap costume out of what I've got. I'm just going to be an operator for Halloween, dude. All right, that is that is original, Johnny. I'm like bitch, so awesome. I operate. <laughs> that is so awesome, Johnny. That is so original for you. I know. I mean, dude. I mean, I mean, what is what is that new TikTok trend that's going around now? Where it's like, you suck ass. No, dude. No, where it's like, uh, you suck ass. <laughs> no. 
Uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like you take your kid to the gym or whatever, or like the kid signs up for the Marine Corps and he goes, oh, well, this is my personality from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I saw the weirdest thing. And after this, we can cut it off. I saw the weirdest thing yesterday. And it was, and it was like, it was like we were, uh, it, for whatever reason, it looked like I was looking at a bizarro world. There was a uh, 90, like a early 2000s model Chevy Tahoe right in front of us at a light. Mm-hmm. every sticker on the back of this car was big loud in your face it was like k1 stickers rough country uh thrush it was like a thrush exhaust you know sticker you know and all this other crap on there i basically have a small penis gotcha right no but was- there was also a marine corps sticker on the back of this car Ooh. and it was the smallest sticker on the car what the fuck Any Marine that you know that has a Marine Corps sticker on their vehicle, it is the largest thing on their car. No, no, no. Any Marine that was a Marine or or they're not even was a Marine. They're always a Marine. Yeah. Once a Marine, always a Marine. But and they will tell you. Yeah. It's it's that meme with the urinals. Mitch was in the same time frame as I I was and everything. God, I got to stop that. Everything. And me and me and Mitch basically served the same time frame. Mm hmm. I, I don't I don't wear Air Force stuff. He he'll still come in with like Marine stuff. I'm like, dude, really? You gonna be that guy? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Stop I mean I'll go with it's you. It's that like that meme with the urinals or that one with the, the kid with the four you know, veins popping out of his forehead and it's like when you walk into a room and you haven't told anybody you're a Marine for ten minutes and he's like you know, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, but it was so weird. I was, just, I was looking at the back of this car and I was like, holy crap. And I, I nudged Mindy. She was in the passenger seat and I was like, what's wrong with that picture? And she's like, what? I was like, look at the stickers. And she goes, what about them? I was like, there's a Marine Corps sticker on there and it's the smallest one. I'm like, normally that should be like the biggest sticker, the globe and anchor right in the middle of the back windshield nope smallest one right there just above the rear taillight on the right side Mm. and i'm like that's weird bro but anyways so and then once the light turned green they turned went down dixie uh drive and then i just we went straight towards our our subdivision and i was just like did we go to an alternate universe for just a minute we're like Marines don't brag about being Marines. Can't be. Can't be. I'm just like, I'm like, holy crap. Anyways, I digress. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. This is episode 79. Yeah, 79. 79. Holy crap. I'm Johnny Skelton. I'm David Ickerman. Thank you. This is Nerd Sports 79. Thank you. (laughs) Flawless victory.